good morning, everybody. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here uh, this morning. My name is Clint Tackett. Uh, my wife is with me this morning. Raise your hand, honey. Miranda. Um, so we have three kids here, Lily, Levi, and Luke. They're in different classes. I think Lily's not in here. No, I think she's somewhere else. But um, and the boys are down in the teens. So um, it's, it's great to be here. So I saw Pastor this weekend. We were at the Mansfield Men's Conference, which that was a great meeting. Um, but uh, this morning, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about our ministry. I want to bring a message to you. But if you look at our table, uh, we have a few things out there that I want to tell you about. Um, we have prayer cards. You know, the, the thing is about missionaries is we need your prayers. Okay. I mean, I'm talking, it's amazing how important it is for you to pray for your missionaries. I mean, especially when we were traveling full time, um, you know, just, I mean, sometimes you don't really know how to pray for missionaries, but just for the Lord's provision and for safe travel is so, so, so important. So make sure you grab a prayer card of mine and then of the other missionaries that are out there. We have a couple of different ways. You can get a, one of those, a bookmark, whatever, whatever suits your fancy. Um, we have a little brochure that talks about a little bit about our ministry, which uh, our ministry is a construction ministry, and I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, but we're going to, sometime during this week, I'm going to ask if anybody would be interested in being a volunteer on a construction missions trip. Okay, that's, that's our ministry. We travel around the world, and we help other ministries and pastors and missionaries with construction projects, free of charge. Um, but we can't do that without the help of lay people just like yourselves. That uh, We need people that are skilled in construction, but we also need people that are just willing to go and help. And the way that we know that you're interested is by filling out one of these cards, right? So you'd fill it out, put your information in, and then I could contact you whenever we have a missions trip. Um, or you can, you, know, you can sign up for our prayer letter, which comes out quarterly, and keep up that way. So, but a lot of people say, is your ministry even biblical? Well, of course it is. You guys remember um, when God was given Moses the instructions to build the tabernacle. You guys remember that, right, in Exodus? So God gave Moses the instructions. I think it was like five chapters of instructions. of just specificness, like, I want you to build it this size and this material and all this stuff. Well, did you know that Moses didn't know how to build anything? But God says he called a man by name, Bezalel, to come alongside Moses to help him to build the tabernacle in the wilderness. So... We're kind of like Bezalel. God gives these pastors and these missionaries these ideas and these visions of building a church or upgrading or, or whatever. Oftentimes, man, these guys, these pastors, they, they really don't know much about construction. So they have to have somebody that they can consult with, somebody that they could um, even help them to manage the project or even come and do the project. And that's, and that's us. I can't do it by myself, though. So that's why it's important that people like yourselves would be willing to come and join us and to volunteer for, uh, for a project like this. So consider about it. This week, pray about it. You know, if maybe, pray, say, hey, Lord, I, you know, maybe you'd want me to go on a missions trip. If you've never been on a missions trip, let me encourage you to go. Because God does things to people on a missions trip, I feel like that maybe isn't available for him to do here in the States. So it'll, it'll change your view upon missions. And I promise you that God has something for your heart that he wants to do on the mission field. So this week, you know, we're talking uh, obviously about missions. This is your missions conference. And you guys have missionaries come in and um, present their work. And I know you guys, 
are going to be a blessing as far as encouraging us and praying for us. And you would think that it's sometimes about the missionaries. But I want to say that it's not. I want to encourage you that this missions conference is not about us, the missionaries. It's about you, the people. It's about, at the end of this week, what are you willing to contribute to world evangelism? Also, today being the beginning, have you opened your heart and welcomed to Lord the Lord to be able to use you however He desires? There's young people in here. There's middle-aged people in here. There's older people in here. None of you are exempt for God using you. I'll give you a little bit. I'm not going to share my testimony. That'll be later. But I'll give you a little bit of an idea of how it worked for my wife and I. So we uh, met in our early 20s. I wasn't saved yet. She was away from the Lord. Um, so we, we met in a bar. And we can, started our relationship. And she told me, even though uh, she wasn't really living for the Lord at the time and I wasn't saved, she said, hey, if you want to continue this relationship, you've got to start coming to church with me. And I was like, ah, I don't know about all that. <laughs> but I started going. And I got saved, and it took a few years because I was really, really, really in the world, okay? Uh, it took a few years for the Lord to really grab a hold of me and for my life to look like I was a Christian, okay? Um, so next thing you know, we, we get married, you know, we're having kids, we're serving in the church. Um, I have a great job, I'm working for a power company, uh, I'm making great money, I'm, I'm a welder. And, I mean, we're, we're, we're in our late 20s, early 30s. So I quit the job at the power company and I start my own construction business. Well, now we're talking, I'm early 30s. God called us into the ministry. I was like 31, 32, 33. It was 2018 is when it happened. So it wasn't really that long ago. But we were successful. We were running a, a great business. We were making great money. And God said, I have different plans for you. So I want you to, to ask yourself this week as we focus on missions, not focus on the missionaries, but focus on missions, what if God calls you this week? Are you willing to give up your nice salary to serve the Lord? Are you willing to say, you know what, I'm not going to be concerned about my retirement anymore I'm going to do what God wants me to do. That's what we did. We, I, was, I had a great job. Great job. I had good, good money coming into my retirement. And it all stopped when we joined the ministry. Because what God's plan is, is more important than any type of plan that I had for my life. So this morning, and I, oftentimes I think what, what happens is there's always a question mark. Right? When God calls us or when God starts to call somebody, there's always a question mark of, how's this going to work out? What's going to happen? How are we going to provide? How is God going to meet my needs? But see, that's the thing. We don't have to worry about that. Because if God calls us, then the plan is already worked out. All we have to do is let God lead us. We just have to hold his hand and let him lead us wherever he wants us 
And it's going to be exactly where he wants us to be. The beginning of our deputation was hard. We went from the last year I was in business, I made, I made $135,000 that year, the last year that we ran our business. That's a good income, right? That's good money. The next year, we closed our business. Our house went up for foreclosure. Our cars were getting repoed. Our power was getting shut off. And you know, some people would say, well, that Lord wasn't in that. I'm going to say, yes, he was. Because he needed to prove to us that he could provide for us. Without us be the, being the ones providing for ourselves, we never went hungry. We never got our house taken away. It was hard. It was difficult. But through all that, we grew our faith in God that no matter what, he's going to take care of us. Was it easy? No. Was it worth it? Yes, it was. So this morning, I want you to open your, your Bibles to Luke chapter 5. And we're going to look at a story that most of us probably know. I don't know how often it's preached as a, as a, a, a message in a missions conference. But I, I want to go over this story with you and maybe point out some things that maybe you've never seen before. So... Um, in Luke chapter 4, this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry, okay? Jesus is going into the synagogues, and he's casting out demons, and he's healing people and all this stuff. He just got back from being in the wilderness with the devil, okay? He doesn't have anybody following him. He doesn't have any disciples with him. So Jesus is kind of running solo right now. So we find in Luke chapter 5, in the very beginning, that... Um, Jesus, like I said, had just left the synagogue where he was casting out demons and healing people. Well, he's kind of the new thing in town, right? So what people are doing is they're, they're interested in what Jesus has to say. They're like, wow, this guy, did you just see what he did? That's crazy. Well, if he's going somewhere, I want to follow him because I want to know, I want to know what's going to happen next. So in the beginning of Luke chapter 5, this is where we come to, there's a group of people that are following Jesus that want to hear what he has to say next. So let's, let's see what happens here in Luke chapter 5. So if you'll follow along with me, Luke chapter 5 verse 1, the Bible says, Then it came to pass that as the people pressed unto him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answering and said unto him, Master, we've toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net." And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their, their net break. And they beckoned to their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and they filled both ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the draft of fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners of Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. 
Verse 11, and when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Let's go to Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to stand behind this pulpit and open your word and, and preach, God. And I just pray that you would be with your people this morning. God, I pray that their hearts would be prepared. I pray, God, that you would be with me. And uh, God, forgive me of anything that stands in the way of you using me, God. And fill me with your Holy Spirit, God. And I just thank you and love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we see that uh, Jesus was preaching to these people. And I, I really feel like that the reason that he asked to use the boat was for amplification purposes, right? I mean, you, you ever been across the lake and like you can literally hear what the other people over there are saying way across the lake because it bounces off the water. So Jesus says, I'm going to use your boat, Simon, and I'm going to thrust out a little and I'm going to preach to these people. And then once he's finished, then he addresses Simon. He says, hey, uh, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to uh, go fishing. Well, the thing is, is Simon Peter, they had just been out there. It says that they had toiled all night and had taken nothing. So the first thing that we see in this passage that I want to point out is the command that Jesus gives Simon Peter. He says, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. Now, there's something about this that we can probably relate to. Now, Simon Peter is a professional fisherman. He doesn't need anybody to tell him how to go fishing. And he may, if somebody tells him to go fishing in a way that isn't right, he may question that. For any of you guys that know how to fish, you know that if you're going to catch a catfish, you're not going to put a worm on the end of a bobber and cast it out in the middle of the lake. That ain't how you catch a catfish. Nor will you put chicken liver on the end of a weighted hook and throw it out and let it sink to the bottom and think that you're going to catch a bluegill. That ain't how you do it. Right? I'm not, I'm not a, a great angler, but I do know those few things. So here, Jesus is telling Simon Peter to launch out into the deep. Now, it's the middle of the day. Those are two things that Simon know that aren't going to work together. Because... We can see here that it says he toiled all the night. Well, they fish at night. Well, now it's day. And the way that I have researched and, and read this, they would fish in shallow water. They would hold a lamp or a lantern over the boat and they would troll around the side and the light would attract the fish up and then they would throw their nets out and, and catch them that way. So they would fish at night in shallow water. Jesus told him to go out in the day, in the deep. So this is completely opposite of how you're supposed to fish. So we see the next thing is the confusion that Simon has, which I think we could probably relate to that. When Christ tells us or the Holy Spirit tells us to do something, oftentimes we're confused by that. We say, but wait a minute, Lord, you want me to do what? That doesn't make any sense. Well, Simon Peter felt the same way. He said, but Lord, we were just out there. We didn't catch anything. But nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Now, sometimes people would say that Simon's being obedient. I would disagree. Because what does Jesus say specifically he says, let down your nets, right? Plural, not singular. 
when Simon continued his fishing for the evening, it said, or for the morning, it says that he has the nets. So Jesus isn't asking, asking him something to do that he doesn't have the means to do. But when Simon Peter said, I will do what you said, and I, but I'm only casting out a net. Did you know that true obedience is still disobedience? So what did Simon Peter do here? He did not follow the instructions of the Lord. He disobeyed. This is, this is how I look at it. He knows in his heart that he's not going to catch a thing, but it's Jesus. So he's going to go through the motions. He's going to say, okay, whatever. You want me to catch a fish? I'll go out there and show you that it's not possible because I was just out there and I didn't catch anything. So I'm just going to take one net. I'm not going to throw the other one out because then I've got to clean it. I'm just going to take the one and I'm going to throw it and then I'm going to prove to you that I didn't catch anything and then I'm going to go home and go to bed because I'm tired. That's how my, my imagination works, how Simon Peter's thinking about this whole thing, right? So we see the command that he was given. We see the confusion of Simon Peter, but then the compliance. So he didn't do exactly what Jesus told him to do. When I tell my kids to go clean their room and they don't make their bed properly, they don't do the sheet. They just maybe do the comforter and leave the sheet, you know, untucked. And I pick up your clothes and they just kick them under their bed so we can't see them, right? Take out your trash and they just shove it down a little further to make more room. They're complying, but they're not being obedient. They're not doing exactly what I said to do. Well, in our churches today, we have a lot of compliant Christians. We have a lot of people that look like they're doing the right thing. We have a lot of people that they, they give money, but it's not quite their tithe. We have a lot of people that will serve, but as long as it doesn't interfere with what I have going on. We have a lot of people that are going through the motions, but aren't actually doing what God would desire for you to do. So it's not really being obedient. It's still being disobedient because you're not doing the full thing that God would have for you to do. So if you pay 5%, is that your tithe? No. It's 10. It's 10%. That's what you're supposed to do. So it doesn't matter if you're giving a little bit. You're still not doing what you're supposed to. And this is where Simon is here with, with Jesus. Now, let's look and see what happens next. Verse 6. When they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and, and their net break. Their singular net broke. I don't think that if they would have thrown both nets out there, I don't think it would have broke. I think there would have been plenty of room to use both nets to take that haul of fish. Nothing would have broke. Now, did you know that they don't have a Bass Pro Shop back then? So they can't just go down and buy another net. Them breaking their net, I'm sure, was devastating to them. They had to take the time to fix it and repair it. But they did. They ended up getting a bunch of fish, and they hauled them into the ship so much that they began to sink. But I also think about, what about the fish that got away? What about the entire blessing that God had prepared for them? 
Yeah, God blessed them. How many times has God blessed you when you know you haven't been right in the center of God's will? How many times when you know there's sin in your life and God has still blessed you? God still blesses us because he loves us. He's our heavenly father. But what about the full blessing? What about exactly what he had meant for us? Well, we only find that in true obedience. So we, we see here that the consequence of his disobedience is the net breaking. Because I, I promise you, I've been a Christian long enough, I've been serving long enough, and I've been disobedient enough to know that when, when we don't follow the will of the Lord exactly how he has planned, there will be consequences eventually, Right? It's not because he desires that for us. But if my kids don't listen, well, how do I get them to listen? I have to discipline them in love. Well, God's no different. He wants us to listen to him and he wants us to obey him. And if, if we don't listen, there's going to be some consequences. Everybody's, I'm sure everybody's going to be different. I don't know what yours is going to be. But the thing is, is, I try to stay away from that. And I hope that you do too. So when God instructs us and he tells us to do something... Best thing to do is just listen to it. So then we see we have the consequence, but then let's look at what happens next. Verse 8, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. Simon Peter fell down in front of Jesus and says, Oh God, I'm so sorry. I'm a sinful man. What do you think that was? I don't think it was because he blessed him so much. I think he realized that he disobeyed the Lord and he should have listened. So I have a story I want to tell you. I'm kind of telling on myself. So, but we, 2019, we were full time on the road all the time. We have an old RV that, uh, that we were in and uh, we were traveling. We were out west and we were in Arizona for a missions conference. And uh, we, I'm talking, we were, we were poor. I'm talking like we didn't have no money whatsoever. And we finished the missions conference and, and the, um, the pastor gave us the love offering. And it was, it was a great love offering. But our next meeting was in Vancouver, British Columbia. Okay, so we're talking like we were, we were literally handing out uh, material in Mexico the day before we left. And then the, we had to make a journey to Vancouver, British Columbia. It was like a five-day trip or four-day trip. But I was doing the math, and I told my wife, I said, I said, we don't have enough money to make the trip. I said, we're about $200 short. We're a tank of gas short in the RV to be able to make it. I said, we need to call preacher. Preachers, our preacher's a very generous man. I said, we need to ask him for 200 bucks. I said, I know he'll give it to us. It's no problem. And then there's no anxiety with this trip. I know that we can make it. It'll be fine. Well... I don't know about you guys, but me and my wife take turns being the spiritual leader, okay? So she said, let's just pray about it. I mean, I get it, but how are we going to get the money? You know what I mean? That's what we're looking for, right? <laughs> she said, let's just pray about it. I said, whatever. So we prayed about it. You know, and it was one of those things where we didn't tell anybody that we were doing it. You know, we didn't put it on Facebook. Hey, pray for us. We didn't tell we didn't tell anybody it was just between our family so a couple days go by well i'm i keep looking in our bank account like nothing has showed up see we're still broke 
<laughs> we stopped by one church and stayed the night uh, in, a, in their RV area that they had. And I thought for sure the Lord was going to use that pastor to be a blessing to us, you know. So I went up and thanked him and it's like, thanks, appreciate it. And he's like, okay, have a good day. Is this not the guy, Lord? Is this not the guy that's going to be a blessing to us? I went on my way, right? I mean, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have expected that, uh, you know, but I was just waiting. I was waiting for the Lord to do something because we've been praying about it like she suggested, right? So, so, so we, we find, we're up in Washington. We're up in Pasco, Washington. And we find a church that will allow us to stay in their bus parking lot. We pull in. It's late. Um, so now the next morning when we wake up, is the journey that we have to make that we don't have the money to make. Um, we had, I don't know, less than a quarter tank of gas. We had $75 on the gift card, and that's literally all the money that we had to our name. So uh, I, I kind of, I didn't want to think about it, so I just went to bed, and I got up the next morning, and I went up, and I talked to the pastor, and I thanked him, and I was trying my best not to say anything about it because missionaries already have a bad reputation of being moochinaries, right? So I didn't want to, um, you know, keep with that reputation. So I, I didn't mention it, I, you know, but he was a very, very kind man. And he said, brother, he said, we have a radio program at 10 a.m. He said, would you and your family like to be a part of the radio program? He said, you can share about your ministry. He said, we'll ask the kids, you know, some questions. And I was like, well, that, man, that'd be great. So I went down and got the kids and, and we came up and, uh, you know, we did this radio program and I've never been on the radio before. It was really cool. And for that hour, I had forgot what, what we were about to face. Okay. So as we're, we finished it up and, and as we're leaving, you know, uh, pastor says bye to the kids and says bye to my wife. And I shook his hand and like, we're leaving. Like we're about to go into a situation that is impossible, that we don't have the means to make it happen. Well, literally I'm walking away and the pastor grabs me by the shoulder and turns me around. And he said, Brother Tackett, he said, before you leave, he said, would you follow me down to Costco? He said, he said I'd like to fill your RV up with fuel for you. I said, you want to what? He said, yeah, he said, Lord just, he said, Lord just spoke to me and told me that I need to be a blessing to you. And he said, I want to fill your RV up for you. And Miranda was like, we, I was like, oh, praise the Lord. I appreciate that, Pastor. I was like, yeah, I have no idea what you just did. And then I, I get outside, you know, and Miranda's like, I told you, you know. <laughs> like, Shut up. <laughs> but I'm crying. I am. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm emotional anyway, right? So you'll probably see me cry sometime during this week. But, um, you know, I was crying. I was like, oh, God, you know. And I was thankful that God did it. But...